Okay, so I just wanted to do a quick update. Uh, today will still be the weekly roundup, as promised, but there is, I know, one part of new tech news. However, this weekend has shown a significant slowing in the release of current news around technology. So, and gaming as well. So, I'm hoping that this starts to speed up again from tomorrow. Normally, over the weekend, we do see a bit of a slowdown with the release of technology news. The weekend is naturally time to take a break. So, yeah, but I just wanted to let you know that in the event that there is no brand new technology news, I'll either just post a small, temp, like maybe one minute episode just saying there's no news, or I will possibly do an opinion piece. So an opinion on something I think going on to do technology in the world right now. Or I will probably schedule in say a review for iOS 14 or possibly if I can manage to get a phone that I can use it on Android 11. Um, just for your information, I am actually currently using the iPad OS 14 beta on my iPad, but I'm currently not prepared to do a review due to features, significant features still being missing on my review on my developer review version. So let's get into kind of a week's top stories. So it's kind of hard to decide, and I'm literally going through all of the episodes from the last week right now to decide as I do this. But I think the first one has to be to do with iOS script clipboard vulnerabilities. So, just over the last couple of weeks, we discovered that multiple apps in the App Store have basically been abusing clipboard copying on iOS. Now, we don't know what this is for, like for Android, but I'd imagine it could possibly be very comparable, if not even more significant, as Android probably does. As, but anyway, uh, yeah, that's quite big and. So we've seen TikTok vow to remove it. We've also seen Reddit and LinkedIn say that they will remove it. So we've seen three companies, as far as I'm aware, say, yeah, we're going to be removing this. But as far as I'm aware, that's kind of all we've heard. Now, I'm not saying that's all that will remove it, and I'm not saying that's all that are planning on it. However, you know, this is obviously significant. And this could basically be clipboard snooping. So this could have been being used maliciously. Now, none of the big name companies that are using this have been doing it maliciously. They've been doing it for ways to try and improve the way you're working. So it's all been in ways to try and help you. However, it, we don't know whether it has also been used for malicious purposes. Now, Regardless of this, Apple is introducing stricter controls on how this can be used, so you shouldn't have to worry about this for too much longer. Now, our second kind of piece of big tech news this week is, to be honest, I think it's going to be the rumour of Sony buying digital extremes. Now, I will search this again, but as far as I'm aware, this is still a rumour and has not happened. But still, I'm quite worried about this. As if this does happen, then it could be the end of Warframe as a multi-platform as a multi-platform game. Now it's not guaranteed, and nowhere, as nowhere near guaranteed, because two days ago the latest thing we heard was that Sony are considering a bid for Digital Extremes owner layout. Now we don't know. What they would do 
However, one thing that I would definitely be scared of is them just saying, okay, listen, this is what we're doing. With Warframe, we're just gonna make it PS5 exclusive. Like, they drop it from PS4 when PS4 is phased out and they make it PS5 exclusive. I do have to believe that is a possibility at this time, at this point in time. Now, I'm not gonna say that is what will happen, but it does scare me. Because, again, I'm gonna go back to the argument I offered in there. Microsoft, when they brought Mojang, there was a lot of fear and confusion with Minecraft Go, Microsoft platforms only. The answer to that was a significant no, and they did the complete reverse and actually implemented crossplay on all of the consoles, as well as with mobile. Now, a lot of people may not like the fact that they did introduce crossplay, but again, crossplay is technically an optional feature. There's a way to not use it. So, you know. And at the end of the day, it benefits people because say you've got a friend who doesn't have an Xbox, they can get it on their phone. You know, it does in the end end up benefiting everyone. Sony, on the other hand, they've shown very slight resistance to things being able to access other platforms, let alone their games going to other platforms. With Microsoft more recently than before, you're seeing a push for them. To, you're seeing them pushing to put their games on the on um. Windows, yes, they're doing it through their stupid Microsoft Store, but they are slowly opening up their gates to Steam as well. So it's not like we are truly going to be locked to the dreaded Windows Store. But Sony, on the other hand, you're linked to PlayStation, you're stuck with PlayStation. The most recent PlayStation exclusive we've seen is Horizon Zero Dawn, and it's even actually pushed out by PlayStation's, uh, by someone in PlayStation was that this could. Uh, possibly be a way for them to show people what they're missing out on when they're not on PlayStation. That's why them doing it scares me more than Microsoft. I'm not saying it's right that it does. I'm just saying their statement does make it sound as if they will be a lot more tightly controlled with what they own and where it goes. Now, obviously, taking a game that's already on it other platforms and taking away from those after buying that developer is a significant thing to do and I'm sure Sony would probably wear pros and cons but the fact is I don't want to have to buy a PlayStation 5 just to play Warframe and I won't you know like that's that's where I'm coming from this if Sony does go ahead with this I don't mind them buying digital extremes and then pushing in crossplay that's what I don't mind crossplay or even just cross-generational save cross-platform saves, that would be fine with me. What I don't mind is consumer-friendly features. A lot of people, when this was announced, they said, oh yeah, Sony's really pro-consumer, Microsoft's anti-consumer. Like, I did see a couple comments on the Warframe forums for that, and I was kind of like, hang on, wait, how does that work? Like, I just think people need to be a bit more careful with what they call pro-consumer and what they call anti-consumer. Microsoft provides a way for people to buy their consoles and pay for it over time with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate included. You know, Microsoft provides you with Game Pass Ultimate. Arguably a way to get over 100 games every month for a relatively good price. And you get all of their exclusive first party games in there. So, you know, it's not like you're being ripped off. Oh yeah, no, pay us 15 quid a month and we will give you some of the worst games in our library and some of the and you don't get gold or anything no you get gold you'll get x cloud when it comes out 
and you also get every single exclusive on the Xbox platform. I'm not saying that matters to Sony, that might that might not matter to, matter to PlayStation players, but I personally use Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, and it's probably saved me a lot of money. It's probably more saving me money because I kind of have vouchers for it right now. XO 2019 was amazing, by the way. I don't think I ever made a... No, I did on my... I think I might have made that on my old podcast. Um, yeah, anyway, that was really amazing. I personally loved XO. I did get about a year's worth of these subscriptions for free. So I'm a little bit biased towards Game Pass Ultimate. And I would probably just go for Game Pass for PC. Or maybe still Game Pass Ultimate. I don't know. Anyway, I'll go for one or the other when I do get a PC because the fact is it's such a good value and I personally love having it. Because I'm not going to go get rid of my Xbox, not by a long shot. There are still some games that will be good to play on that, even if it is literally dying. Right now, you should hear it when I play on it. But anyway, I'm getting a bit off topic here. The fact is, Sony has shown itself time and time again to be very against other platforms interacting with its own platform. I mean, if you remember... Sony actually blocked people from using a PlayStation, an account that was on place linked to PlayStation on a Nintendo Switch. You just you just couldn't sign in with it on your Switch. You just couldn't sign in with it. And if it was signed in on Switch, you couldn't sign in with it on your PlayStation. You had to lose all of your progress and you had to lose everything. It was bad by them. It was definitely not a good thing for them to do. So, at least in my opinion. So, again, I am worried from what they've done in the past. And I'm hoping that this isn't what they bring forward with them. Now, our first story is Hyperscape from Ubisoft. Now, I've seen a few streams of this as I was unable to get access to the uh, technical, technical beta. But I will be playing it when it comes out later this year. Hopefully on my PC if I have it by then. If not, Xbox or Ubisoft, great idea, put it on xCloud. You can be one of the companies pioneering xCloud, be one of the first ones on there with an online multiplayer game and prove to us that this could be the future. Like, if I can get a significant portion of the game library I play on my Xbox on xCloud, I will genuinely never need an Xbox again. I'll be fine with just a PC and a phone. Also, I'm really hoping Xlab does come to PC. That would be even better. Now, besides from both of, from any of that, uh, this Battle Royale Hyperscape is absolutely incredible. Like honestly, it looks absolutely amazing. And the fact that just because you're killed, you're not out, is actually really good to see in this kind of game. I was never really expecting to see a game go. You know, no, you can come back even when it's not been a certain amount of time. Like you don't die you just kind of watch in the background and you can help your teammates you can help them and that's a really good thing in my opinion being given the being given the option to help your teammates out even once you're dead it's definitely something i would like to see in other battle royales but it definitely fits this one a lot more now some other things i do like about it is the kind of futuristic feel to it personally i find the apocalyptic thing just too barren it's just really barren and there's nothing to really hide behind or, you know, get around. And I, I know that's kind of a part of a battle royale, but for me, when I'm playing games like Halo or when I'm playing games, you know, when I'm playing games like Halo and Destiny 2, whilst, yeah, it's not a sprawling city like you see in Hyperscape, 
it's definitely different and it's different in what I would definitely call a good way. Uh, in Destiny 2 and Halo, there's a lot more to hide behind and a lot more to jump around. There's a lot more to kind of sneak, sneak around opponent, opponents. Now, whilst yes, that's possible in all of these battle royales, when you're in Fortnite, you're likely to be caught in a firefight in the middle of a field or something, and you're kind of just running away or turning around and fighting if you really feel like it. But the fact is, there's not much to hide behind unless you're in a populated area. In that case, you're more likely to be drawn into a firefight. When you're in Hyperscape, it seems like there's going to be much more options for how you play the game. So you might be able to play as a sniper and like you can feasibly actually do it by hiding inside one of the buildings. Also, one very interesting thing is the way that when a sector goes in, it doesn't damage you or kill you. It's just that the buildings become see-through. So if you're in a building, you will no longer be unviewable. You will be completely visible inside of those buildings. Anyone can see through them as the sectors close. And personally, I find that quite interesting. Also, another thing I find interesting is the way that it ends in the final circle. The game basically completely transforms from a free-for-all to a capture flag game, where it is still either last team standing or holding the, crown, holding the flag, or I think it's actually a crown for 45 seconds. It adds a completely new spin on the battle royale take. And some people are saying it will probably flop because it's too late to enter. Me, I think this is kind of well. I'm thinking it could go one of two ways. They have to pull it out. If they really want it to succeed, they have to pull a massive hat out of the bag. And personally, from what I can see on the initial kind of streams and stuff, it definitely looks like it getting a big reception. So that should be good. But as I say, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm just hoping, I just really like the look of it and I will be playing it when it comes out officially. That's almost something I can guarantee myself. So, you know, I hope more of you play it and it definitely seems like it's going to be a good game. Uh, I think this is the fourth story we've done this week. Yeah, this is the fourth biggest story and probably our final one before we go on to a couple of today's stories. Um, it's BMW officially putting in basically a mandate to have subscription features to cars so you've now kind of got a defense to put the subscription features in your cars if you're an automaker and that kind of is more thanks to bmw than tesla so people will probably attribute this to tesla first and foremost um tesla are the ones who have pioneered with sort of add-ons and stuff but at the same point that was just to give people more flexibility and it was as far as I'm aware anyway, they don't have subscription, they have one-off payments. I think that's different and that definitely should be different. But the fact is BMW is offering a subscription to your car. So everything will be built into every single car. So it's already built into it and that's where I kind of draw the line. Like, okay, I understand it's cheaper than to mass produce it, but if it's in there then I think I should have access to it. In my opinion, if you've got the hardware in there, then how? what else do you have to do if you've got the hardware in there to actually get it working? Is it as simple as a software patch? Or would I have to take it back to the garage to get them to turn magic bolt underneath it to get it to go better? You know, like, 
Is there something physical that they have to do after manufacturing it to make it work properly? Apart from software tuning, which they probably have a tool which would do it. Or is this just a way for them to get a cash grab? <coughs> like, you know, this is not like it's going to be some massive long-term investment. They, go, they could, I don't know how much we're planning on charging for these features, but the one reason I could see this being a advantage is say if i don't know you're going so heat warm seats for example that's one thing i kind of take an issue with warm seats uh that's the one i take the biggest issue with out of all of them merely just because of what it kind of adds so basically bmw's kind of subscription we don't know the cost we don't know what it'll be and we don't know what they could be charging for but if they make it so it's like 300 quid for a month or something, then that's extortionate. I think 300 quid for a year for autopilot, yeah, you know what? I kind of agree with that. Autopilot is something special, it's something new. Yeah, and if it's fully autonomous level five, which I think is the top level, please, if I'm wrong on that, do not quote me. I'd ask this off the top of my head remembrance. You know, if it's top level autopilot, I probably would just like to be able to pay 300 quid for a year of it. Or maybe just play, pay, I don't know, 30 quid for a month. Yeah. And I know I'm not doing that properly at all. But like my point is, I would like to kind of not have to spend maybe an extra 10 grand on just having it built in. And if it can actually be cheaper to, and if it don't cost, charge the same amount as they would cost me to have it all anyway then i'm fine with it if they but my issue comes because the fact is they are still building everything into it so it's still going to cost the same my issue comes is if they still charge 50 grand which would previously have given me every single feature but then they take half the features away that's where my issue kind of comes in with all of this so Again, it gonna be one of those things where I can't wait and see how it goes. It's the same as the Sony situation, but if they implement it, so you pay less for the car up front, and then you do subscription features. So I don't know about CarPlay or Android Auto as such being subscriptions. I think those should be one-off payments, just because that that is actually something BMW used to have and they ended. But I think. Things like autopilot, if they are going to significant, if it go reduce the price of my car, and then I can pay optionally to have those features for a certain period of time, then yeah, but I only agree with it if it lowers the price of the car. So I don't want to be paying the same amount as I would have all of those features built in, but then not have them activated, if that makes sense. Because what's the point in paying for a feature that's there, they're not being activated. You know, that's kind of where I draw the line. It depends on pricing of the cars. Um, that's kind of everything massive, really, in terms of what's already been announced this week. So I've just got, yeah, I've got one main story, really. Um, and it's about the UK and Huawei. So, as you know, Huawei is under major threats from the US. And the UK is apparently... 
So my country, the UK, is having second thoughts about Huawei's involvement in 5G networks. Now, they're not much of a surprise. Um, the US did say, you know, a spokesperson did say that US sanctions would include not sharing, non-sharing of intelligence. And it actually seems to make sense that they would do this. Now, the government is currently crafting a proposal that will block the use of new Huawei gear and 5G networks as soon as six months from now and also accelerate the removal of any equipment already in place. Now, GCHQ Intelligence Agency has previously said that the country could manage security risks from Huawei. But stricter US sanctions blocking access to chips would force Huawei to use untrusted tech. So, this could make it a lot worse. And the revised ideas will apparently reach Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister, sometime this week. Now, Boris Johnson may have to present be reviewed to Parliament due to the seriousness of the claims, but this is a major shift from when the UK decided in January it would allow equipment from Huawei and other high-risk companies in non-core parts of the 5G network. So they were limited to 35% in networks connecting devices and other hardware to mobile masks, and reports later emerged that the UK might phase out Huawei over the space of three years anyway. Uh, the US has maintained maintained that Huawei, ZTE and other Chinese companies are dangerous. Now, officials have been reluctant to outline just what, if anything, Huawei is capable of. And initial reports of access to carrier backdoors suggested these may have been common networking tools, as Huawei is maintaining its innocence. Personally, this would be a massive blow for Huawei's international plans. Huawei was forced from the US, but that wasn't much of a surprise. However, if it came out of the UK, then it would be a major kind of blow, as other US allies would probably start to see if us, the UK and the US can both go without Huawei equipment, then almost anyone probably could. Because at the end of the day, if we're able to do it, then it shows it's feasible. Now, yeah, I don't know personally. I'm not sure where Huawei is working with the Chinese government to spy on people. I wouldn't know. Obviously, none of us would actually really know because the US isn't saying what they're actually doing. Now, there is a rumour that they got access to a uh, backdoor that the US is, that a security agency in the US has, sorry I used to have that name in my head, I've forgotten it now, um, and but they actually managed to reverse engineer that and hack back, but anyway the fact that they even looked into that is kind of worrying if that is what happened, so you know that's a small rumour, but yeah anyway that's Pretty big for Huawei. Personally, I think I feel that would be a fairly devastating blow. 
uh, yeah, that's everything really for today's episode. Sorry, it's such a short one. It's just, yeah, it's kind of it's a weekend and not much news. So hopefully, from Monday to Friday, there's a lot more. But regardless, I will see you in tomorrow's episode. Whether that's an opinion piece I write up, or whether that's something else I figure out how to do. Anyway, I am now going to get all of these episodes, including this one, uploaded onto YouTube. And I will see you all in tomorrow's episode. This is Down Out Digital World. My name's Luke, and stay safe.